1: you. <laughs>
0: What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to episode number 14 of Keeping Up With The Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN for exclusive offers. This is your co-host, Tyler Bell, and today I am joined by my fellow co-host, Alec Durham, and this time I am not in the Rocky Mountains. No, sir. I am back in my hometown, Norwich, Ontario, sitting next to my boy. How's it going today? Oh, not
1: bad, man. It's always good to see you. You know, have you back on this side of the country for once.
0: Oh, yeah. I know. It's always good to be back. Obviously, um, it's good to be back right now during the holidays. Be able to visit with family, visit with friends. That's always good. Um, you know, COVID has kind of put that to a stop for a couple of years now. So uh, it's always, always good to be back here. And I'm pumped to see you, man. How's things going? Oh, you know, not too
1: bad. Getting close to Christmas, which reminds me. Merry Christmas to all the Kraken fans out there. Yeah, get after
0: it exactly. Merry Christmas to all the Kraken fans out there. Uh, happy holidays! Hope everybody's doing good and being safe out there. You filthy animals, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, weird times right now. Um, a lot of has changed since our last episode, which was a week ago today, and it's it's pretty amazing what can all happen in one week's worth of time, especially with this COVID thing, right?
1: It's, I know, man, like, have you decided which nine family members you're inviting to Christmas? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, for those who aren't aware, living outside of Ontario, that's, uh, you know, the rules right now, no no more than 10 in a household. Going 10, in a, 10 in a gathering. So, you know, that's- It's tight. It is what it is, but at the same time, I'm here to, you know, spend time with family. And if those numbers reach 11 or 12, I don't really give a heck. See, so. the 10-year-old in me hears multiple Christmases. <laughs> Very true, right? So just just weird times right now. But uh yeah, we're seeing a lot of games getting canceled and uh not just games but events and you know this Omicron is just just storming through everybody right now and it's it's been tough, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it certainly put a damper on everything. Nobody really wants to go to another lockdown. And unfortunately, it sort of sounds like that's where we're going. So let's hope we all just pull through that, get our shit together and come out stronger on the other side of it. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger.
0: Yeah, or makes us, you take know, unless more, you have
1: permanent lung damage,
0: <laughs> makes us take more vaccines, too. Um, but let's just jump right into some game talk here, because uh, the Kraken did play three games last week. Uh They started things off with their California road trip, uh, facing a team who they haven't seen yet, right?
1: Yeah, taking on San Jose there, the first of two in the back-to-back, then then Anaheim.
0: Yeah, so it was the first meet against San Jose. They've obviously been a bit of a surprising team this year. We talked about that uh, when we previewed their game. Um, So, yeah, it was an interesting game. Like, Chris Drieser got the start. He got the nod in the game. And, boy, did he ever show up in this one too, eh?
1: Yeah, he certainly came ready to go there. That's for sure. Something, you know, goaltending has been an issue for the team up and down been a roller coaster season. So that he showed up was nice. Get a little bit of a tandem going what we thought we had coming in.
0: Yeah, because uh, we haven't really had that. uh where both goalies have been hot at the same time for this Kraken team. So um, rolling into this game, though, of course, that COVID bug was uh, biting the Kraken here. And, and they were without Yanni Gord, Colin Blackwell, Riley Shahan you know heading into this one. So, you know, I know all teams are really dealing with at least a player or two up until this game, uh, you know, with players being out. So, you know, it's obviously tough, but in that situation where you got basically two centermen, it does make it a little tougher too, especially down the middle, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you're in Calgary's situation, you might literally only have a centerman or two left
0: on your roster that can play games. Yeah, it's it's just wild, right? And That's why you see some of these teams starting to back out of games or postpone them after, you know, only having four people on the COVID list or three, it seems, uh, because it could just, you know, put a big damper on one of those positions, uh, especially like a center or a goaltending and just like that. And and that really hurts your team. And it's kind of not that fair, is it? No,
1: and I thought New Jersey made a great point. Talking about it, you know, it's not necessarily the guys that are on the COVID list. It's we're stretching and asking so much more of the guys below that. All of a sudden, maybe a defenseman that plays 12 minutes a night has to play 18 or 20, and that's a lot that the body's not used to, especially at such a high performance level. It's a lot of strain.
0: That's true. You make a really good point there. But yeah, jumping into the first period here, it, it was actually a pretty quiet first period uh, to start things off against San Jose. It was a good pace to the game and both teams were just trading chances back and forth, but the action didn't really pick up until the second period.
1: Yeah. But in the second period there, not only was Dredger making big stops, but the Kraken D were saving pucks that found a way to the net by Dre. Wow. Found a way to get to the net by Dreger.
0: Yeah. Not only once, but twice. In that period, Pucks got pulled off the goal line from the boys. Some pretty nice plays there. Alexiak had that first one. And then Larson the second time. And oh, my, my, huge plays to pull the puck off the goal line in the second period. And that would keep this game knotted up after two periods of play.
1: Everybody's going for their best Jacob Slavin impression.
0: Yeah, and that's just huge. Like, I understand... You know, you're trying to defend some of the players there, but to have the knack to be behind your goaltender like that and just aware of where that puck is and then have an active stick like that, uh, you know, that goes a big way with, uh, you know, the what comes with defending in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, we get into the third there. The Kraken are finally able to break the scoreless bid with 13.37 left. And, you know, they break into the offensive zone. Donato finds a puck back to Donskoy and he fires it to the net. But Donato's the guy driving the net hard, buries the rebound shot because you know Doncic doesn't have a goal yet, so everybody in the rink knew that one wasn't going in. <laughs> yeah. Might have got a little bit of help off a C-Mex skate there to finish it off, but who cares? One nothing cracking.
0: Yeah, and when you take a look at that goal, like there's a couple things off that play, but it's it's really a prime example of why it's so important to drive the net on those types of plays you you get taught that at an early age when you when you're playing as a young kid right go to the net good things happen and not just go to the net but stop in front of that net right don't pass by that net don't don't blow past it because uh you know when you go to the net and you get into those rough areas uh you know there's loose pucks to to have and and bury it like that right
1: yeah exactly something we try and teach kids all the way up through and good habits you know Mm -hmm. reinforced at the nhl level it's a simple game
0: it is. It's, it very is a simple game when you break it down like that. The Sharks come right back down just a couple minutes after that one and Drieger just throws up the leather glove to deny Jonathan Dolly of any chance of getting that game tied. That was a nasty glove save that he threw there.
1: Oh, he just absolutely flashed the leather with what, you know, the kids would call in road hockey. The TV save. Yeah, what did Johnny Johnny hard here.
0: Exactly. Throwing the leather up there. That was very beautiful. Uh, then with 5:42 left. Geeky and Tanev they team up for a beautiful play. Tanev goes five hole, and just like that, it's two nothing Kraken.
1: Yeah, you gotta love that two nothing lead. I mean, the Kraken get a little scare there though when San Jose is able to break the shutout skid and bang one in from Logan Couture.
0: Yeah, and that was a bit of a weird one too. Unlucky play. uh You you kind of see Brett Burns is. Uh, pass attempt kind of go off a skate and it just goes right open to, or right over to an open couture and he's got kind of nothing but net to shoot at and it's such a fast play uh where it bounces off the skate right to couture it's really nothing trigger could do on that play to stop that from from going in
1: yeah but you know the kraken are able to put the game away with an empty netter from Kyle yarn and woo 3-1 kraken win on the road baby they end the three game losing streak
0: Yeah. And that was a big one because you got to find a way early, um, especially back on the road again. uh, They could kind of get back to playing a simpler style game. They've been playing a lot better on the road uh, as of recently. So to be able to get back out there on the road and, you know, break that awful streak that they had at home that last week, that's really important for this team to kind of turn things around. Um, And then they kind of get right after it the very next night against Anaheim. So This week was full of two different back-to-backs and, you know, this is the second game of the back-to-back and the Kraken have to face the Ducks for the second game in two nights. And just taking a look at it, the lineup would pretty much stay the same for this one as well. The only exception would be Grubauer getting the nod in the net. And, you know, that's something we talked about last week, how it would be, you know, one goalie takes one game, the other takes the other, no matter what kind of performance the first goalie had on the first night there. So uh, that's exactly what we've seen.
1: Yeah, and I think you totally called it with Grubauer getting the second game too. And, you know, I wasn't sure so sure because usually you see a lot of head coaches go with their starting guy, gets the first game, and then they let their backup just kind of get thrown to the Wolves on the back-to-back there. But, yeah, with Anaheim, Grubauer, you know, make him have the big game against the better team. Good call.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those things. It was, wasn't sure exactly how it was going to happen, but uh, it kind of made sense to me looking forward to it. So, um, and, and this is a team that they've played already too. Like they played the ducks earlier in the year and that was a crazy game. They ended up losing seven four uh, and that one kind of felt like last shot would win it. Uh, and then, you know, of course Anaheim had a couple empty netters there, but you know, when you're going into a game where you lose, a big scoring game like that early on, it's a bit of a revenge game in your second matchup against them. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone's got that competitive fire. That's what pushes them to get to this level of play in the NHL and getting embarrassed like that. It's kind of, you got to come back with a fuck you. Like that's not going to happen again. Yeah. We're here to play tonight.
0: Yeah. Especially at home too. Uh, You got to answer and, and they got the opportunity to do this. And, you know, early on, both teams were, they were trading chances early, and it was the Ducks who got on the board first from another defensive error from the Kraken. Uh, McCann did a good job of getting back for Alexiak, who kind of pinched on the play to stop that puck from breaking out of the blue line. Uh, but by the time it got to the Kraken net, uh, he didn't really do a great job of you know being strong in front of the net uh, for Grubauer there and taking his man. And he actually ended up, ended up taking Grubauer out on the play because of it. And that would result in a pretty easy goal for rookie Trevor Zegres to put the Ducks up 1-0 halfway through the first.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of like watching the highlights there. I love seeing Zegres having the awareness to cut into the middle there and just find that empty ice. But at the same time, you know, you want to protect the goalie and not go that far back and kind of cause a bit of a screen there. But
0: Yeah, and it's funny because I feel like we've seen that exact play uh, multiple times already from this Kraken team where... Uh, They kind of get caught in their own own end and then, you know, they're gunning it back to defend real well. And I remember, I think it was Giordano who took out Grubauer real hard, sent him all the way to the boards the one time. And, you know, once again, that kind of same thing happens where a player is taking out their own goalie because they're just not aware of exactly where they are when they're, you know, getting back and defending, right? And this time it was McCann making that mistake.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of a better defensive awareness going forward. I mean, especially from your forwards. I don't mean defensive awareness just from our D. You need it from everybody on the ice, but
0: yeah, no, you make a good point. You have to have defensive awareness from not just your D, but your forwards as well, right? So so yeah, that's uh that was a tough one. But uh the ducks started to kind of take the game away or take over the game after that goal, too. And they really started to pour on the chances. They would go up two-nothing after the Kraken got caught with four guys deep in the offensive zone on their power play, like all four guys within the red line and the hash marks there. And, you know, a puck gets past all four of those guys. And all of a sudden it's a two on one shorthanded Derek Grant goes the other way. And he kind of rifles a shot, uh, through the legs of Grubauer to make it two nothing in the game.
1: Yeah. And I mean, on the power play, I like the one, uh, uh, saying that the guy I coach with uses quite a bit. It's possession before position. If you don't have the puck, you gotta go fucking get it. You can't be set up in your one-three-one, then go, oh shit, we don't even have it anymore, guys. They got a two-on-one going the other way. So you certainly like to see a little more urgency in getting the puck back from the power play there.
0: Mm-hmm. And not-, not just expecting it to get back into your possession there and maintaining your positioning down low like that somebody's got to be able to jump up and read that play that, okay, you know, we're not in possession here. Somebody's got to get back and make sure we have our numbers back because they do play that one, three, one setup. And all three of those guys lined up. They were just, all three of them were just caught way too deep there and just resulted watching. in that goal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and pretty much that would wrap up that first period. Uh, it was a rough one for the crack and no doubt. Um, always kind of tough, coming out in that first period and the second game of a back-to-back uh sometimes those legs feel a little jelly uh you know that's something we've both experienced playing junior hockey so uh that's a tough one and they were down to nothing and they were being doubled in shots to 12 to 6 so it, it wasn't the best period of play that's for sure but uh, uh you know taking a look into the second period it was like less than two minutes into the second and the crack can go to the box and You know, they struggle once again because it's Troy Terry who makes them pay. And there was a bit of a scramble with a loose puck in front of the net there. Looked like a point shot went off a couple skates, kind of bounced around. And then Terry just found, you know, a loose puck and he just absolutely shelved it. Just like that three, nothing lead. Yeah,
1: he didn't waste any time on that one. Walks in, just kind of corrals it a little bit and just picks the back bar up in the corner there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty beautiful. And then, you know, finally in this period, there's about 534 left in the second, the Kraken are able to get on the board with a power play goal of themselves. And this time it was Jordan Eberle right at the end of the power play there. He, you know, stick handles, walks in a bit off uh, the wall and off the far hash mark there. And he just found an absolute seam through the middle of the ice and just throws it across to Donato. Scores his second goal in, in as many nights.
1: Yeah, that's just perfect execution from both Eberly and Donato there. I mean, once it works out from one flank to the other there and they look like they're going to be in a shooting position, your far flank's got to drive the back post to create that seam through the middle, which Donato does. And Eberly puts it right on his tape through a couple guys in the seam there. through some sticks, just beautiful pass. I have a feeling that won't be the last time we see Eberle do that either.
0: No, he's he's had that great vision throughout his whole career and his junior career and uh, just, just great offensive instincts like that. So that was a beautiful pass. That was all real Eberle on that play, making that happen. And obviously a great finish from Donato there. And then, you know, that's pretty much it for the second period. Looking at the third period now, you know, you're down by two goals. It's very, very challenging to fight back in the last period, especially like we said, we are on the second game of a back to back and especially tough when Grubauer got yanked in intermission too. And Draeger had to um, come out and hold the forward in that third. And it's always tough to do when you're the backup goalie and you've been pretty much just sitting around on the bench for multiple hours, just watching, right?
1: Yeah, and with having the back to back there, you're kind of having zero expectation to get in tonight, having played the night before. So that's a bit of a mind fuck on you there, but good on Dreger for coming in and kind of holding down the four for the last 20 there, really.
0: Yeah, and it was definitely what looked like the Kraken's best period in this hockey game. I thought they looked much better. They're creating chances off the rush, they're creating chances off the cycle, they're throwing way more pucks on net than they were in the first two periods, but. They just weren't able to score any, unfortunately. They just did not have the bounces going their way to to try to fight back into this hockey game.
1: And then the Ducks would put the game away with their fourth goal of the game, banking a shot off a Drieger, and it would go in just over half a third left to play.
0: Yep, and unfortunately, that would be the 4-1 final. That would pretty much be it, and the Kraken dropped both games against the Ducks this year, who... You know, as a team who were expected to struggle, they just continued to surprise with their great play this season in the NHL. So uh, they're proving that they're a, a tough, tough team to beat this year.
1: Yeah, and their young kids are really pushing the pace and making it fun to watch hockey in Anaheim again. So good for the Ducks, but kind of a dumb
0: name. Yeah, bring back the mighty Ducks. Right? That was just the most, one of the most disappointing moves. (laughs) The classic, like skull mask, too. I know. They did bring back some jerseys here and there that, you know, paid some homage to that Mighty Ducks team, but that name just, you can't beat it. The Mighty Ducks. I don't
1: want nostalgia sprinkled in. I want the whole damn thing poured on top of me.
0: Yeah. I want the Mighty Ducks jerseys full stretch back when Korea was playing, back in the great days, Solani. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Niedermeyer. Niedermeyer yeah. That O3 team. Oof. Yeah. Shiguer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I loved watching that, uh, that old hockey back in the day, but <clears throat> we would move on to the weekend on the December 18th. They're supposed to play a back to back. Um, but they didn't quite get the second game because it was, uh, canceled due to COVID, but they would get to play that first game against Edmonton. Um, and, Going into the game, it was still the same players on the COVID list, uh, with just one more being added right before the game started. Just a few hours, uh, it was announced before game time, and that would be Alexiak. So that would mean that Lazan would join the lineup. And, you know, when you have a guy like Alexiak out of the lineup, uh, that just gotta hurt your team, right? Especially on the defensive side. And, you know. <laughs> He's one of your elite defenders on the team and you're facing a team like Edmonton. So uh, that that hurts, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a big guy. He's mobile. He uses his stick well and there's a lot of stick there to use too. That's not a knob joke either, everybody. Calm down. <laughs> but against a guy like McDavid and Dreisaitl, you need someone who can close ice and close it quick because they're going to take it and they're going to take it quick.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we would see Drieger... Uh, back in the lineup and I don't think it comes as any surprise you know he had a really great game against San Jose he had you know 33 saves on 34 shots so he had a great great performance against the Sharks he'd get the nod in this matchup and this would be his first time seeing action against the Oilers because Grubauer got the first two games so uh, they would hand it over to Drieger for this game
1: yeah. And then heading into their third game this year against the Oilers, both teams are one and one against each other in some spirit of battles, especially that last matchup. So, you know, we'll see how things go here. But one thing to look for is Seattle hasn't won a home game on a Saturday night yet.
0: Yeah. And they're looking to break that skid, but you know, it was a tough game. Um, I like what you said though. Like you, you were saying, especially last matchup, it was very physical last game. And a lot of that was the same for this game, too. You've seen a lot of big, big hits being laid. You know, Lazan was throwing some hits. Uh, probably could have been a couple more penalties called on some plays. I, that uh, that happened in that game. But it, it always good to see spirited matchups like that, especially against uh, a team who is definitely going to be against, uh, going to be one of the teams that, you're going to be having spirited battles with every year going forward. You know, you're going to play them four times in the season, um, eventually maybe in the playoffs. So uh, to kind of create that rivalry right off the bat, that's, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to get in their kitchen and you want to stay there just cooking up all night.
0: And that helps kind of get guys even more pumped for the game to heading into it. Right. It gets, gets guys fired up knowing you're, you're going in against these battles and it's kind of that style of hockey that the crack in, uh, usually excel in when they play their games.
1: Yeah, it should be one of the games everybody's got circled on the calendar. I mean, not just for the rivalry factor there and a division rival, but it's McDavid. Everyone should be amped up to play against McDavid.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone should be, you know, especially amped up to try to defend him. Well, to a certain yeah. degree, I mean, I don't know if i up or a little terrified. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be that excited being a defenseman having to, uh, like, if you're a setup against you're them. probably
1: thinking my career might be on the line tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, am I, you know, if, if I don't get a shift against them, maybe I could stick around for a couple more games. If I do get shifts, I'm probably being sent down. So I do I'm not want to
1: eat arena burgers between games. No,
0: no. And, you know, they made a strong case for trying to break that uh, Saturday night home skid. They came out very strong in the, at the start of this game. Uh, started with their hottest goal scorer as of late, Ryan Donato, who uh, was able to wrist a wrist a shot past Skinner and for the Kraken's first shot of the game as well, making it 1-0 Seattle.
1: Yeah, you got to like that. I mean, that's a good confidence boost for the boys when the first one you put into the net finds its way through. And you know it was a big confidence boost because it was shortly followed up by a goal from Jared McCann off a... Hurdy pass from none other than Jordan Eberle to make it two nothing. Holy shit. What a feed, right?
0: Yeah, that was a great play from Eberle and you just see his, kind of his offensive awareness kicking in there. He, he was able to draw both defenders toward him and both kind of bite on, on, uh, on him there trying to, you know, stick him behind the net and that would open up a big lane for McCann right in front of the net to just take that feed wide open and pop it top shelf.
1: Yeah, tons of time there. A lot of room with Beverly pulling both D. And then after that, I mean, things started to take a turn and unfortunately the wrong direction for the Kraken, didn't they?
0: Yeah, giving up a a point shot to Evan Bouchard, you know, it was another Boosh bomb who yet again blasts one against the Kraken. He did it last last time they played against them too. Uh, You know, this young kid has a heavy shot from the point and, you know, it's making this Kraken team... Kraken team pay especially as of late and then right after that the league's top power play would strike when Warren Fogle was able to slam home a rebounder uh, from a point shot on the power play and that would tie the game up pretty quickly
1: yeah and I mean if you want to look at it with uh, 2020 hindsight you could probably call that shift the turning point in the game because Tanev gets a glorious shorthanded chance right before that Yamamoto hounds him down on the back check turns the puck back up ice. They come in and it's Yamamoto. Who's the guy who takes the shot that ends up being a rebound to Fogle there. So, I mean, if Mm -hmm. you get a little extra step here, maybe Tanev gets a good bounce, gets it going for the boys. All of a sudden it's three, one instead of two, two could be completely different showing.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. And you make a great point there. Cause I think McCann or um, Yamamoto was the guy checking Tanev there. And then he skates down, beats him down the ice and makes that play happen, right? So uh, kind of a tough play there for Tanev. He could have been close to the end of his shift there, but you know, what do you do right? And then yeah, just taking a look at that. shots were 20 to seven for Edmonton. and when you look at that in one period, it's just it's just unacceptable, especially when you're playing at home. So uh, obviously we know Edmonton's a great team. But just very unacceptable there, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't care who the fuck you are. You can't give up a shot a minute in an NHL game and be like, you know what, we're not doing too bad, boys.
0: Yeah, a tough break for them for sure. Um, they had a good effort to start it, but then it started to fade. And when you take a look at their second period of play, it was actually very similar in the sense where the Kraken were probably the better team coming out of the gate again. And then Edmonton's play once again just slowly started to take over in the latter half of that second period
1: yeah i mean you you could really see it with a lost battle behind the net leading to edmonton taking the lead for the first time this game that's not what you want
0: no not at all and just shortly after that seattle wasted no time answering the call uh getting a bit of a lucky bounce from a lazon point shot that one just rung that post pretty hard shot off Uh, the other side bounces all the way back to his defensive partner, Carson Susie And it was almost like it was a set play where, you know, it just landed on Susie's stick. He has a wide open net to put the rebounder in the back of the net for his fourth goal of the season.
1: I got to tell you, that's one of the best D to D passes I think I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. If that's a set play. Wow. That was perfectly executed.
1: Lot went right on that one, boys at a B
0: and Carson Susie too, like, Uh, He's now leading the Kraken D in goal scoring at the 30th game mark. That's his fourth goal. And I would have never guessed that this guy would be leading goal scoring from the back end Mm -hmm. at this point, right?
1: Oh, hell no. I'd have gone with Giordano or Vince Dunn for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what I would have thought too, but uh, he's proven to, you know, become a very reliable defenseman and, you know, for a guy who's been healthy scratched a few times this year too, that, that does speak volumes right there. You know, he's got a, he's got a very heavy shot from the back end. You know, he's a big size defenseman and, you know, I can see Susie sticking around on this Kraken team for quite some time.
1: How could he not now? You know, his agents in the coach's office just screaming at him. He leads the D in goals for Christ's sake. What are you sitting him for?
0: <laughs> yeah. And not only that, he's one of the best defenders out there too, especially, you know, on the defensive side, right? Like he, he he's able to get it done uh, and he's proven that he can get it done in all zones on the ice. So, you know, that, that could lead to a really big payday for a guy like Susie who gets a nice top four defenseman type deal in the future.
1: Oh, yeah, I certainly could. I mean, he proved he was a top four D with a team like Minnesota last year. So it just took him a little bit to get comfortable with Seattle. And maybe that's what we're starting to see now is him really come into his own again.
0: Yeah. Cause it wasn't really until last year where he had that breakout year with Minnesota and really came onto the scene there and was recognized as, you know, a pretty respectable defenseman in the NHL. So, you know, glad to see him, his game still uh, progress like that. And, you know, Hopefully it's nothing but uh, up from here. And yeah, jumping into the third period of the game too. Edmonton would take that lead back on another bad goal to give up. This one coming from a big mistake from the Kraken captain.
1: Oh no, not Geo.
0: No, unfortunately it was. It was a tough break. Yep. After Dreger stopped the initial point shot, uh, Warren Fogle and Geo kind of battling per- for position as that shot happens and the puck goes, you know, it's a nice save. And then it goes off of Fogle's chest area as he's being cross-checked from behind and he slams right into Driggs and you know, the initial call on the ice is no goal. Uh, They would take a quick look at it. It would stay no goal. And then Edmonton was allowed to challenge the play. And when you do a challenge like that, you can pick what you're challenging, right? So then they picked to challenge for no goaltender interference because uh, they were claiming it was not Fogel's fault that he ran into, but Mark Giordano from the cross-check from behind on him. And then that call would eventually be overturned, and it would count, given the Oilers back their one-goal lead. So uh, just give me your thoughts on that play and just why the NHL has done it where um, you know they make a certain call on the ice where you feel like they could already overturn that call by looking at it, but they almost need that other team to um, challenge or pick what they want to challenge in order to uh, overturn that call. It's kind of a weird concept, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm really a fan of it because, well, the biggest issue with offside reviews and goal interference calls and reviews in general was it was slowing the game down. Mm Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, okay, let's pick the game up. Let's pick the game up. But now it seems like the NHL with this, because you get a penalty if you're wrong on your challenge, right?
0: Yeah. So now it seems like
1: they're totally just picking, okay, let's create more offense. Well, it was a goal. If you don't think it was, challenge it. And if you're wrong, then there's a power play, which everyone knows is more offense. It's a much more exciting game to watch than five on five. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of what they're going with there. But at the same time, when we were watching it, we both saw like clearly it was going to be called a good goal.
0: Yeah, anytime you're seeing, like, that's not an accident that Giordano's stick was in the back of Warren Fogle's back uh, pretty hard there. And you could tell, you know, Fogel wasn't, you know, running into Drigger dr- yeah, with any speed. He was kind of standing in front of him. And anytime your own player, you know, shoves a guy into your own goalie, like, it's a pretty obvious call. That, uh, you know, when you, when your team's the one making that mistake, then that, that call is going to go against you. So, yeah, we're seeing that almost being cleaned up a bit for a call uh, where they're starting to get it right more often. Um, but again, it's still, I feel like, like you said before, that process is still slowing the game down. Yeah. Yeah. Where they don't need to do the two reviews on that.
1: Right? Yeah. Like with the blatant ones, like the Giordano incident from the other night there with Edmonton, if it's obvious like that on the first look just make the right call you saw enough to overturn the on ice call for no goal and that's all the rules state for whether you can overturn it with a video review or not you saw enough to say you know what that is a good goal we called no goal on the ice that's the end of it right there why do we have to have another review to review your review
0: yeah Yeah, i know they want to like make it seem so the team has to review that in order to overturn it and they have to use that which I don't know. It just seems really weird to me. And unfortunately that would, that would be the game winner in this game. And McDavid would cap it off with an empty netter. You know, he kind of powers through Tanev there and, you know, McDavid doing McDavid things just skates through everybody. Um, And, and just like that, the Kraken would fall to a one four and one record now in their last six games, giving up 24 goals in that stretch and only scoring 12 your thoughts on that
1: that ain't good if you're getting notes scored four to two like that in every game on average i mean that's not gonna win it's (laughs) as we see
0: it's not and this team's been uh, a bit of a roller coaster ride from the get-go where you know they seem to have some bad well bad stretches and then a few good stretches and then some bad stretches and then another real good stretch and then this other real bad stretch again so a bit of a roller coaster ride with a few more downs than up so far and you know i guess you can expect that from the expansion team that they are um because they're still trying to build chemistry game in game out practice in practice out and all that so um it's just tough right it's tough to go through these stretches and keep your confidence up as a team
1: yeah i mean we knew the Kraken were going to be a low-scoring team, but we were hoping they would be able to keep the other team at low-scoring as well. We always talked at the start of the year how they're going to have to win a lot of 2-1 games, but they're still mm-hmm. scoring the 2, but they're allowing a lot more than the 1.
0: Yeah, and that that's inconsistency coming from the back end at times and, and then goaltending as well, right? Um, if you take a look, I think a lot of people – you know, had their goaltending duo as one of the best in the NHL, and they've certainly been one of the worst. It doesn't help that, you know, Drieger has been through, you know, multiple injuries already. We're not even halfway through the year, some COVID trouble as well. So uh, once we start to see some consistency and some real – uh Goaltending back and forth where goalies are going back and forth, playing good games and that kind of consistency back there that we haven't seen. We haven't seen both goalies playing well at the same time yet.
1: And you really need that to push your good teams. Mm-hmm. Cause you need that healthy competitiveness in practice and in games like, Oh shit. Like this guy's coming for my job. Mm-hmm. You yeah. need someone to push you.
0: Yeah. Like if they're both winning games, you want that competitive battle where, you know, Each goalie, maybe they're both winning, but you don't know who's going to get that next start still because, uh, you know, because it's a battle. It's a battle for every minute in in that crease. So um, definitely a hard stretch. And maybe it's a good time right now that uh, we're getting these postponed games because they're going to be able to regroup. They have some time. Um, Looking ahead here, obviously the Toronto game was postponed. And not only that one, but... uh, the Tuesday, December 21st game, we just found out a couple hours ago today that got postponed. So that was planned for tomorrow, which technically today when the podcast comes out. And then not only that one, the game against Calgary Thursday on the 23rd of December, that game is postponed. So, you know, COVID's postponing a lot of games here and it's making things, you know, tough. But again, there might be a silver lining to that, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, who was it? Guy Boucher? rest is a weapon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Famous, uh, famous quotes, uh, from that old auto center, coach there, Guy Boucher. And yeah, that one just makes me laugh. I remember, uh, was it late in his last year there where I think Pierre Dorian was like, I'd never want to hear of him say rest is a weapon ever again. I want this team practicing. God damn it. But yeah, that was that was a hilarious time. <laughs> Do you think that might
1: have touched a nerve with him?
0: <laughs> I think he might not have been too happy to hear that quote. I'd so yeah, be a GM of your team. Uh. Um, he might have said that too many times, Goucher, and you know, credit to him, though. he got that team too. You know, conference final. I don't even want to talk about it right now. It still hurts the heart. So, um, so far the Kraken's next game is scheduled for December twenty seventh, uh, in Vancouver which makes me question if this one's even going to happen or not.
1: Yeah. With the, you know, they canceled the cross border games and I don't think numbers are going to go down over the holidays. There's not going to be anybody who listens to no gatherings and shit like that. Everyone's getting together over the holidays. It's just the way it is. People are going to do what people are going to do. Yeah. So I just don't be smart about it. I I feel like,
0: yeah, people are going to be smart about it in that sense. But like you said, they're doing the kind of cross border shutdown. Um, It's going to take longer than one week for those numbers to drop in order for them to reopen that. So the prediction is I don't see a game happening against Vancouver on the 27th. Um, They do play them again, though, January 1st. And again, that would have to be another cross border. Of course, Vancouver would have to come over to Seattle. So maybe that one happens. Uh, If these games do happen, or even if one of them happens against Vancouver, what can we expect from this Vancouver team right now? Because they are hot.
1: Well, one thing I seen was they're going to be a lot of north-south now. That's something I've seen on, He uh, used to be NHL stats guy. I think his name's Mike Kelly now on Twitter there. Yep, yep. He was talking about our uh, rush chances for Vancouver. They were bottom two, bottom three team in the league the last three years. But since they got Boudreaux there, they're right at the top of the league for rush chances in the last six games. So that's something we're going to be certainly looking for if those two games do happen.
0: Getting up the ice quicker like that. And it, it makes sense with the personnel they got. They have those fast guys. Even adding a guy like Garland, like that's that's huge. That And when you have guys on the back end like Ekman Larson and Quinn Hughes who uh, can move the puck up that quick. And make those things happen, and then Pedersen and Horvat, guys like that down the middle, um, to get back to that game is definitely working to that team's strength right now. And what were what are they six and zero? Yeah, under
1: Bruce. Bruce, there it
0: is. Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there. He it is. He hates that song, and I love it. Oh, he hates it. Oh my dude, he does hate it. I've seen him comment on it the one time uh, when the team was you know coming off the ice for their win. And he was like, "Shut up with that shit." He said that right in the hallway, and then like one other time in the, I think press conference after. Wish they quit singing
1: that stupid song. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that is hilarious.
1: There's a guy who just loves life that he lives, and he's just like, "Yeah, fuck it. What are you gonna do to me?" I was on HBO swearing like a sailor. You think me saying some stupid song is gonna get me in trouble?
0: Yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, they're they're definitely turning their ship around with, uh, uh, you know, their new head coach there, Bruce Boudreau. And, you know, I think they're 14, 15 and five. I want to say, uh, I can pull it up right here quickly, but they're quickly turning things around. Um, and if they keep that pace up, they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot in this specific division. Uh, yeah, let's see here. 14, 15 and two, sorry, not five. Um, but they're starting to climb those uh, standings pretty quick, so it's going to be a tough battle for the Kraken against this team. Um, you know, it's always tough when you're facing team who's you know got all their confidence back and six and zero. Oh, they're they're riding high right now, so uh, it's going to be key to, for them to shut this team down uh, early on in the game because they got a lot of offense and a lot of speed. So that's going to be tough for a Kraken to shut down.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it feels like just a week, week and a half ago, we were talking about Seattle's right there. They're pushing, they're playing well. They're, what, five points out of a playoff spot? Well, now we're just saying the same shit, but about Vancouver. They're six points out. Seattle's dropped quite a bit. They're seven points behind Vancouver. Like, these two games are going to be a lot for this team.
0: It is going to be. Yeah, you make a great point there. 13 points out right now. um, If the Kraken want to make any noise at a playoff shot, like, they have to go on the same kind of tear that Vancouver's on. And then, you know, after that, you have to play above 500 for the whole season. And that's just to have a shot. And that's just to have a shot. So uh, it's, and it's definitely an uphill battle. And I think, I think I seen some metrics out there that put the Kraken at 2.3% right now to make playoffs. You know, it's not zero, but you, so you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> And they're going to get a chance to get two points. uh, I think Wednesday, December 29th, they'll be taking on uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, at home. And again, this is another team who struggled hard, fired their coach and have performed as of late since they've done that. So you're going to be facing another tough challenge of a team who is, you know, on the uprise once again, and playing the hockey that they uh, were predicted to be playing at the start of the season. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's a team, like you said, they're 12, 12 and five now. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like that great of a record, but you look at it and they're only four points out of the playoffs. Like they're tight. they have worked their way Mm. back up from being the bottom of the East there.
0: Considering they were on an eight game losing streak. Right. Yeah. Um, To have a record like that. And, and, you know, they've been beating some good teams as of late too. Uh, They had picked up a good win against Vegas too last week. Yeah. so they're kind of climbing back into things. It'll be interesting to see if their goaltending can get them up to that next level and push them into that playoffs, but right now when you look at that Metro Division, uh there's there's four teams at the at the, the top there who are clearly leading the way.
1: Yeah, I mean you got Carolina 43, Washington 43, Rangers 42, Pittsburgh's right there with 39. And then you look at that too and those four teams are in the top 10 in the league.
0: So that's a tight division. A very tight division. And yeah, it just speaks at how stacked that division is when you got teams like Philly and the struggling Islanders who are, you know, on the outside looking in Columbus too, had a great start. They're kind of slipping a little bit now, but uh, you know, obviously it's tough for all these teams to continue playing that way. When, when you have a division like that and you're facing all those teams at the top four times a year. Right. So yeah, it's tough those to really up. get
1: an easy game when that's... so many of them are difficult ones like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be another tight battle against Philadelphia. Um, and, and hopefully that's a game that does happen because you know, two American squads, we shouldn't be the, you know, no border crossing there. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this COVID thing plays out. Um, the very next night, they're expected to play Calgary as well. But again, that's on December 30th. And, you know, we can't predict whether or not COVID's going to allow for that cross border game to happen or not. <clears throat> if it does happen, though, uh, you know, what do you expect from this matchup?
1: Probably a Calgary win, to be totally honest with you. They're playing dirty Daryl Sutter. Is it? No, shit, it's Brent, isn't it? Which Sutter's coaching? It's Daryl. Is it
0: Daryl? Yeah, Darryl? yeah oh, shit. It's Darryl. They're playing dirty Daryl Sutter it hockey. It is dirty Daryl Sutter. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> talked about that last time how, you know, they have bought into his system. And he was a guy who coached there years back, right? And Yeah, second them, stint. Yeah, brought them to a cup final. And then, you know, moved on to L.A., won a couple cups there. You know, has built a pretty tremendous resume. And, you know, he's back in Calgary proven it once again and this team has just been dynamite and you know <laughs> crazy to say i i can't believe we're what 30 games in uh around there roughly around the leagues and you know they're the best team out of alberta so that i i would have never predicted that um heading into this year i thought calgary was uh kind of on the downward slope and they were going to lose some guys like grudrow and have to trade off some pending ufas like that but No, they're proving everyone wrong this year.
1: Which would you have thought more unlikely coming Mm -hmm. into the season? Edmonton to not make playoffs or Calgary to be the best team in Alberta? Uh,
0: Which one? Like most unlikely? Yeah. Yeah, Calgary. Edmonton not making playoffs, to be honest, with the moves they made. Uh, Okay, okay. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's almost a toss up for me there. Um, because I definitely wouldn't expect that, but I definitely wouldn't expect Calgary being the best team either. So, um, I, I'd say there's a definitely uh, an argument to be made for each of those. Nice um, cop out. I love it. Yeah, I'm a cop out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it took the easy way out on that Splash. one. <laughs> Splash, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun matchups. I love anytime the Kraken are facing these Canadian teams. So I really do hope these games happen. So, you know, we're able to talk about it and see these games. I don't want to be sitting there and, you know, watching, you know, postpones coming up on, on Twitter here and there and updates and all of that crappy stuff. It's no fun, right? It's, it's no fun dealing with this COVID stuff. So uh, especially during the holidays. Yeah, everyone wants to be cheerful, goddammit. Yeah, you got some time off of work. You got some extra time to watch some hockey, watch it with some friends, enjoy it, kick back, you know, shoot the shit. So um, it's it's fun times. And one other thing with Calgary, like I don't think this guy gets enough credit right now, but Elias Lindholm, I think he's getting some early talk for the Selkie Trophy. What do you think about that?
1: Wow, I didn't know about that at all. Just goes to show you how little he spoke of.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he he's... I think he's gonna be in that conversation. He's you know over a point a game there, leading their top line in that center position. And I know they had a crazy streak early on where uh they went a large amount of games without being on the ice for a gold scored against them, uh, that top line. Um, so uh when you take a look at their plus minus and everything, there's definitely gonna be a valiant argument to be made for him being a selkie uh candidate guy and um, he kind of coming out of the blue, almost like a Sean Couturier situation, where he just had that massive season in Philadelphia, and you know was able to win that trophy. I think I see a lot of similarities with what Elias Lindholm is doing this year with Calgary.
1: Shit! So he's going to cement himself as a Selkie <laughs> contender for the next five years, then.
0: Yeah, I think he has that potential. Um, and anytime you have a guy like that on your team, especially in the playoffs, it just shows you know, it gives your yourself or it gives your, your team a really good opportunity to go far in the playoffs. We see it a lot with, uh, with teams who have those, these types of guys on their roster in playoffs and, you know, with the goaltending they're getting right now, it, it almost has some similarities to, to Montreal with the Philip Deneau and just how great he was defensively for that team. And, you know, allowed some of the other guys to produce offense around him. Um, and of course Montreal had that great goaltending and Calgary is getting that same thing with, with Markstrom too. So, um, a lot of tough, a lot of tough games ahead here for the Kraken. Um, we'll see what happens with COVID though. Yeah. You never know. There might be no tough games ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I, I do like how, you know, they are getting a bit of a break here. They can recoup and hopefully, you know, back up the top of the roller coaster and and riding things high again and and streaking in the right direction for this team because, yeah, you really want to see that.
1: Yeah, the scary drops over. We're just building back up to the nice part again.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, let's hope we got some good games ahead. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 in any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. All right, welcome back to episode fourteen, Kraken fans. Uh, we got some uh, interesting news coming out of this uh, Kraken organization uh, that they announced uh, last week, and you know that news kind of kicks off today, and that's the Seattle Kraken have released their own NFTs. So, what does that mean, Durham? I don't know. The fuck is an NFT tie? <laughs> well it's a new thing that's been big uh, and it's it's yeah kind of taken over some of the market out there because uh it's a big cash thing that's going on like it's a huge market right now nfts so if anyone's kind of not familiar with it it stands for non-fungible token and that is essentially a unique non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a blockchain uh a form of digital ledger essentially so nfts can be associated with uh reproducible digital files such as photos videos and audio um so basically you get to keep a version uh or you know the original version of one of these things um so there's a huge market out there for nfts right now they're taking off they're selling for crazy amounts of prices um and you know you're going to be able to use them in, you know, the metaverse and certain things like that. It, it's really weird and it's really hard to understand so early on, but um, it's definitely an interesting way of, of, you know, making money for this organization.
1: I wonder what lasts longer NFTs or crypto.
0: Yeah. They're kind of in that same boat in a sense. They're, they're, they're similar in a lot Are of ways. Are
1: intertwined together? Oh,
0: that's the too captain many.
1: goes down with a ship.
0: Too many questions for me there, but (laughs)
1: this isn't a tech talk.
0: No, this isn't a tech talk exactly, but um, yeah, non fungible token. So, you know, the good thing about them, like you're gonna be able to see them in video games down the road, um, little things like that. Where you know, I I, once they're kind of out there, it's gonna be easier to understand because right now, to me, it's it's more of a concept, but uh, it's a way of making money. in a very green environmental way
1: you know okay okay.
0: so so that i think that's a big uh reason why they're doing it too and and they kind of want to make money in that sense is because it's a very green way of doing it like you're not spending any money right you're not doing anything to to make that money other than the, the, the electricity you're using in that sense of you know selling it like you know very minuscule in that sense so Just some interesting news. I kind of tried to read up on it with a little bit of time I had today, and they were supposed to release a bunch of them. Um, But I guess servers were pretty slow because everyone was kind of trying to buy them early on today. It was was the release day. Hmm. So I know they... Didn't really get them going as quickly as they wanted to today, uh, so just something to keep in mind uh, going forward, and and you know just keep an eye on uh, on exactly what's going on with these these Kraken NFTs. And as far as I'm aware, they're the first NHL team to make this decision. So it is interesting in that sense for sure, but uh, yeah, apparently due to overwhelming demand for the Kraken NFTs. Uh, it was a slow process and, you know, allowing access to the queue system for fans to go in there and, and, try to purchase these this morning. So, uh, they're having a bit of trouble with that right off the bat, but, uh, I guess, you know, it's that that's a good thing that there's a lot of traffic slowing things down and slowing that down. So, uh, it means that there are a lot of people interested in buying them. So, uh, interested to see, you know, kind of what they look like. It's basically just like a digital, uh, digital picture, digital, whatever that they're selling. Um, still confusing on my sense. Cause you know, I, I'm not, no, no expert, that's for sure. So, um, something I'm going to have to keep up with and, you know, keep an eye on and just see how, you know, that kind of breaks out and, and what comes of it.
1: Well, if we're so difficult to get, it seems like that may be something that needs to go on the Christmas list crackheads.
0: Christmas list? Did you say a Christmas list?
1: I might have mentioned a Christmas list.
0: Well, we could jump right into a Christmas list, um, because I think it's fair that we put together a crack and Christmas list. It is that time of year, um, and maybe let's throw out a couple ideas, uh, each, you know, each other of what what we would put on our Kraken Christmas list if we had one. Uh, why don't you kick things off?
1: Oh, I get to go first? How very
0: kind of you. It's it's the
1: holidays. You're definitely on the nice list. I don't need to check twice.
0: All right. Oh, pumping my tires. I I like Santa Claus. Spoiler alert. (laughs) All right. What would you like on your cracking Christmas list uh, this holiday season?
1: For the love of God, can we get Jonas Donskoy a goal? (laughs) I don't care how it goes in. Just put the little fucking black biscuit in the net, please.
0: Yeah, that is uh, that poor man. Yeah, at this point, you, you, who else do you ask other than Santa to make that happen? So um that would be nice for Donskoy to break that streak. Who know? Like, I don't even want to know how many shots he has registered on net. But <laughs> by the many. time he gets that first goal, he's going to be under two percent uh, with a shooting percentage. So, a definite Don Ga- Donskoy goal on the top of the Christmas list for sure. For a crack Christmas list, I love that one. That one's great. Um. I would like to see a mascot named to the team. What do you think Ooh. of that?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, its i mean it's got to be like a Kraken or... Fuck it, make it a pirate. I don't know why a pirate. I, I've watched Pirates of the Caribbean a lot lately, and the Kraken was in it, so I'm just stuck on some Johnny Depp shit right
0: now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I. It, it was a bit of a weird one. Something that I never expected that they would not have a... Uh, a a mascot to start the year and then to go this long too, without one being uh, introduced to the team and the fans. Uh, I definitely think they should, they should have a mascot by now. So uh, maybe if we put it on the Kraken Christmas list, we might get that uh, in the new year.
1: I'd rather them take their time with it rather than come out with a Chia pet like Vegas did.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, RA call that one too? i think he called i think it. he did yeah he did uh that, that, yeah that's pretty funny as long as uh it doesn't look as creepy as uh the philly one there
1: gritty gritty oh there's nightmare fuel if you've ever had some before
0: oh my gosh yeah don't look gritty straight in the eyes i don't even think they
1: point the same direction i don't
0: think you, you'll sleep for a week if you do that or you know maybe if you look them in the eyes you'll lose like 15 pounds of the spot i don't know something weird's going on with gritty i heard you if you he say looks... his
1: name in a mirror three times jake <laughs> dorichek shows up in your house
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh i believe that <laughs> oh man yeah no that to me yeah the cracking christmas list don't make it look like gritty um yeah that's a good one uh any more ideas that you'd put on that list
1: Let's get another first round draft pick. We already suck. So let's get as many as we can. I don't know how we're getting it yet. You know, that might be a be careful what you wish for scenario here, but.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. It could be a a be careful what you wish for. Um, But I do like the concept of having a first round draft pick. Um, It's not going to come easy. And I think the only player who's kind of on an expiring contract who can get that is unfortunately Giordano. And do I want to see him leave the team? No. Do I think it's best for the team? Yes. I don't think this team is going to be a Stanley cup contender for a number of years. And Jared not getting any younger. He's 37 years old right now. Um, he's been great for the hockey team. He's led the right way. Uh, he's done everything you ask for a captain to come in and lead the way. Um, And if you could still get a first round pick out of him at the trade deadline here, you know, that's just icing on top of the cake, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a chance to kind of make up for the no expansion trades where you didn't get any first round picks. You could just be like, well, we picked this guy and we got a first round pick for him. So there's Mm -hmm. a plus one.
0: Yeah. And especially when you take a look at the 2022 draft and just how deep it is, this is the draft where you want to stock up on some, some, some picks. So uh, I definitely expect them to make a move for draft picks. They have to stockpile their their prospects. Uh, and you want to do that early on, right? You don't want to wait. Uh, you want to get that process going as quickly as possible as an expansion team. So yeah, that would be on the Christmas list for sure. And if I had to put one on for the new year...
1: Go two and two? Two each, I mean? don't Not go two and two. I, my God, I hope they do better than that.
0: I would say give me... Give me a 60 minute effort because I feel like we haven't seen that in uh, a few games here. They're obviously on a pretty tough stretch. So um, next game, give me a full 60 minute. I want to see, I want to see this team competing for all all you know, three periods, 20 minutes a period. And, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way at all, but it's just been a lack of consistency as of late that, you know, has kind of dropped some a number of games for this Kraken team. So uh, I feel like that's a pretty fair Christmas list to put together for this team.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't feel like we're asking too much. Just trade the captain, get the guy without a goal to score a goal and play the whole fucking game, would you, for Christ's sake?
0: <laughs> and get a damn mascot for the fans. Fuck. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. Um, we do have some NHL news to kick off, though. Um, just before, you know, we get too deep into other things. Uh, one thing we talked about happening in the last pod that, uh, Mr. Alec Durham here predicted, uh, that was Winnipeg jets, uh, and now former head coach, Paul Maurice parted ways with each other. And that would give Dave Lowry, who was an associate coach, the interim head coach position. And yeah, just give me your thoughts on, uh, predicting, predicting this right here.
1: Well, you know, I'd love to protect the sources I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) Just a complete shot in the dark, went with the gut feeling there. Just kind of had the idea of everything Paul said there, you know? He's been there a while. They had that one really good run and kind of teetered out after that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just good coach, good guy, just needed a new voice in the room. And you know what? Kudos to him for stepping down and being like, fuck, it's just the way it is. Everyone else would kind of die on that hill with their ego and good for him being humble and saying, I can't, I can't get him there. Sorry.
0: No kidding. He he pretty much said, you know, he did everything he could do. And like you said, sometimes you just understand when, uh, you need a new voice in the room, uh, and just go in a different direction. And it was such a, it felt like such a respectable process that, Uh, you don't see in the NHL too often. Uh, You know, sometimes you're just seeing people getting thrown to the side and taking all the blame, but this one was very mutual and very respectable, and you like to see that process like that kind of come out.
1: Yeah, like who's the last guy that stepped down while still on a contract? Patrick Waugh. That didn't go nearly as well.
0: No, that was more of a, you know, a butted heads thing. This one was more like, okay, I think we both realize Mm -hmm. both of us need to go in different directions. And maybe it's Paul Maurice to you know, not not necessarily giving up on the team, but understanding, you know, maybe it's good for him to get a fresh start with someone else too. And something that I think is definitely going to happen. He's a very respectable coach and a very good coach. And he's one of those ones that you listen in some of those pregame talks or, you know, just... Just those uh, press conferences, and he puts together a lot of mature and a lot of really good quotes and, you know, talks very well. Very, very well-spoken guy, so uh, he's going to get a shot with another team for sure.
1: Oh, definitely, and he's still young for having, like, a 28-year coaching career in the NHL, which is a little nuts, which also brings me to the next thought I had. I couldn't fucking believe he was in Winnipeg for nine years.
0: Yeah, nine years, that's... pretty much when that's when they came into the NHL.
1: I think so. Right Mm -hmm. around there that Mark Shifley was their first pick. And I don't know. What was he? The 2011 draft.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. So yeah, he'd have been the year two after maybe.
0: Yeah. So maybe they started with somebody and brought him in uh, after one or two years. I don't know. I'm too tired to think about seasons and how many years that is. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Mass normally my strong suit, but not right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no good call on that one. And then, Other than that, it's basically all but confirmed that the NHL is not going to the Olympics anymore. Balls. And, you know, once again, that's a bit of a dagger. So just give me me your thoughts on that as well.
1: That fucking sucks. Everyone was so looking forward to
0: being like, yeah,
1: let's get McDavid and Crosby on the same team. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Psych. Yeah. I mean, for us Canadian fans, you got to be absolutely, you know, stoked at the thought of that and watching that you know throw those guys throw mckinnon on that line do you know do whatever but
1: i saw one projected lineup that was an all nova scotia lineup marshawn crosby mckinnon i was just like fuck
0: it do it (laughs) yeah that's wild that would be crazy um but yeah unfortunately that's not going to be the case and the the thing that sucks the most about it is we don't get to see the best on best and We haven't seen that for a while. Um, So that really sucks. But with some of the protocols that they were going to have in China, I do not blame the players at all one bit for backing out of that. I mean, when, when you take a look at some of the protocols that they had in place in China, where, you know, if, if you tested positive five week quarantine, and then, you know, up to, you know, three to five weeks is what they're saying. And then, not only that, but then having to quarantine again after you fly back uh, from your international flight. And that, that all goes without pay, too. That's, uh, you know, you're losing your pay because of that. And how many games would you miss with your team down the stretch? Like, that's a lot of important hockey to miss. Uh, and that I don't know. that To me, that's just too risky for these players to take those kinds of chances.
1: Yeah, like if you're McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews for the States, you can't
0: you can't have that.
1: Like that would ruin your team season. If all of a sudden they're like, Hey shit, we, what do you mean? We can't have you for six or seven weeks.
0: Yeah. And the goaltenders too,
1: right? Oh, Jack Campbell for the Leafs. If he goes to the States. Yeah. Hella buck in Winnipeg. Yeah.
0: That's the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it's tough too, because everything that's going on in China, um, And I know like, you know, the whole political side, I don't want to get into that stuff too much right now, but why um, politics never hurt anybody. I should just, uh, on the down low, I just hate politics. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's, everyone knows China is a communist type country.
1: You're going to get shot.
0: Yeah. And you're at my house too. Fuck. They do a lot of shady things. And, uh, yeah there's a lot of things going on in that sense that's uh that's not right and i i know a lot of these olympians don't want to go there just for that reason just Has to go, anybody
1: heard from that tennis player yet
0: other than you know those weird interviews that she's she's been in where she said she's safe but it just you know it, it feels like that's being forced to say and the, and the fact that like they're not letting any media access to her. Or, you know, no one knows exactly where where she is. It, it's scary stuff, and it's hard to go in there and want to go support that Olympics in China because it's just a messed up messed up time. And um, yeah, it, it, tough time overall. And then you throw the whole COVID complications in it too. It's almost to the point where just like cancel it. Who cares? Move it or lose it. Yeah. Yeah, Move exactly. It I'd rather not be there it. anyway. So, but tough, but uh, yeah, that kind of puts me into my next question here. And, Durham, I'm going to toss you into the deep end. Question number one Does the NHL try to organize a World Cup event just before the start of next season?
1: No. Because it's too soon. Not like too soon as in I'm emotionally unavailable. We just lost the Olympics. (laughs) I mean, too soon. There is not enough time to get this stuff set up.
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point there. It would be tough to set that up that quickly. And then who knows where we're going to be with COVID and what new strain and and all of that. And um, as much as I want it, maybe could you see it the following year? If Absolutely they could set that up because next year would be what the 2022 2023 season. So maybe the start of the 2023 2024 or right before that season starts where they did in the 2016 year where it was just before the season started and they kicked off kicked off that world cup.
1: I like that. That was a lot of fun of hockey to watch too. Oh my
0: gosh. That was crazy good. And that North American young stars team and
1: man, I got to watch
0: them live. Oh, They're so fast. Don't even bring David
1: and Matthews on the same line. That was incredible.
0: I do hope they do something like that again, but I do think that, um, for the sake of some of those young players, if they would make their respective, you know, USA team or Canada team, that they have a chance to make those teams and not have to play on that team. Uh, that's I what I would change about it. I, I mean. That's just my opinion, but
1: I I would like to see that because last time we were all like, "Oh, we want McDavid on Canada." But could you imagine that under 23 team without McKinnon and McDavid on it?
0: Or uh Eichel, Matthews?
1: Exactly. Like they have I don't know if Matthews would have made the US team. He wasn't even drafted yet in 2016.
0: Nobody but looked like he could have.
1: Probably. He'd have been close. Yeah. I think he actually just played for their world championship team. So we might not have been far off yeah, that's, for a spot. That's true. But you're t- talking about a team who didn't make the medal round when they had McDavid and McKinnon and Eichel and Matthews who were like the sure dominant stars coming up. Now, if we take those guys off that team, are they going to be that competitive or fun to watch?
0: Yeah, no, that does. Th- that is a great point. Um, and at least it's not McDavid, but who knows at that point, at that time right yeah bedard right mitchkov i mean you oh. could have a ah, ins- he
1: wouldn't be there he's russian
0: i oh yeah north american yeah Ooh, they did a world all-stars <laughs> see there
1: you go there's a way to keep it more competitive that, a world that, under 23
0: that would be insane that would be i insane. wonder if that hurts team europe um i wonder too i wonder too because uh stutzla He'd students, be on uh, he would be Europe. Yeah. He's 19 now. So, uh, 20, two years. 20, Oh yeah. He would definitely be on that team. Europe because they wouldn't have a team Germany if they did the same setup. So, um, hmm. interesting because the, you, you have, a that, and, and to think back, like, I don't think anyone would have predicted that team. Europe made, uh, made the final against Canada there. That, that was impressive the way that, that they came out as a top team in that, in that tournament. So, that's what I really hope for to see something set up like that, because that was one of the best tournaments I've ever seen. So uh, yeah,
1: I just had a thought if they do the world cup though, and they let like Russian Russians come over, not just like NHL Russians, give me Ovechkin and Mitchkov on the same line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least the same power play.
1: Oh, but then who'd you give the puck to? <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. Just them. You feed the greatest <laughs> yeah. goal scorer of all time. Cause he'll definitely have 900 goals by then.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, question number 2.
1: Oh yeah, we're still in the deep end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're drowning right now. Oh god. Will the World Juniors still run? If they do, who gets tournament MVP?
1: Yes, they will still run, and I you know, I'm not exactly sure which player it's going to be to get MVP, but I do know they'll be playing for Michigan when the tournament's over.
0: I'm I'm leaning
1: Kent Johnson or Matty Beneers. Go Seattle.
0: Yep. Pumping his tires for sure. I I like those answers. Do you think fans will be there?
1: No. You think they're going to shut that down? I think they almost might go bubble.
0: Yeah. Just like last time. That sucks again, eh? Back in Canada and back without fans. Brutal. Oh, gosh. I don't like that, but it's for the safety of the people, so... I kind of do like that small sacrifices we make. Exactly. If it means I get to watch it, then I'm, you know, then I'm stoked.
1: And at the end of the day, when we talk about it, like it is an extremely small sacrifice for people to make. Yeah. You don't get to pay money to go watch hockey. You can just stay at home and watch it instead for free.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It is a small sacrifice and one that people should be okay. Willing and willing to make right now at this time. Like, Especially for those kids, you know, the only, you only get one crack at it. Some of those kids, right. Under 20 tournament, you know, the best on best in the world. Like, you know, you're potentially, you're saying you're, you're okay with ruining it for them. At at that point, it just becomes selfish. Yeah. Grinch. Yeah. Don't, uh, yeah. Don't be a Grinch. So, you know, obviously we'll be stoked to see world juniors still happen. They did delay some of those pre-tournament games, push them a few days later. And that's understandable. But as of right now, it's still happening. So, you know, pumped up for that and excited to watch some of that hockey, especially if some of these cracking games are, uh, you know, postponed and that trend continues to happen as well.
1: Speaking of excited to watch some of that hockey, I got one for you here, Belzy. Yeah. Which player in the tournament are you most excited to watch?
0: Oh, I see. I'm very, very excited to watch Veneers because, uh, I expect him to explode offensively, but also be, also be a complete rock on the defensive side. And, you know, the Ottawa Senator fan in me is stoked to watch Jake Sanderson.
1: That's where I figured you'd go.
0: Yeah. I am stoked to watch Jake Sanderson. Um, and some of their prospects as well. I'm interested to see what Ville Vinen brings to the Finnish team. Um, obviously, the, the fourth-round pick of Seattle there. Um, and then a couple other picks from Ottawa. Clevin, again, a returning defenseman on the state. Uh, Ro- Robbie Arvente, uh, a, you know, kind of a power forward sniper from Finland who was drafted from Ottawa. Uh, he had a really bad tournament last year. He started that tournament on the first line. Finished it on the fourth line. Whoops. Yeah, he was hot playing in the Liga. Came in first line minutes. Didn't score a single point in six games. Yeah, he dropped down that lineup. So I I expect now that he's been playing in Belleville in the AHL, I expect definitely a better tournament out of him and then Maryland in two for the finished net. But there's a lot of exciting people in this one. I mean, you got a lot of 2022 draft picks playing in this tournament. And, you know, as a Kraken fan too, knowing, you know, you might have a good shot at a high pick. I, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on some of these guys. Some of that You know, that Slovakia team has a couple of those guys. Uh, the Finnish team has a couple of those guys. Obviously Shane Wright with, uh, you know, Team Canada there. Um, who is it? Logan Cooley. As well for the States, like you got some top 10 players uh, and a good amount of them playing in this tournament. So it doesn't really matter what game you're going to be watching. You're going to be seeing really good prospects and some fun hockey to watch. So uh, just an awesome time of year to be a hockey fan.
1: It almost feels like every top 10 projected pick for 22 is there, but Matt Savoie.
0: Yeah. I'm disappointed by that. WHL leader in points doesn't even get the, uh, did he get an Didn't even
1: get an invite. I'm not saying he's got to make the team. Fucking nice. invite the kid to camp.
0: Yeah, that was a dumb move. That that guy's going to be fifth overall in the draft. Third. Four. <laughs> Do you want to fight? <laughs> All That's right.
1: the next Braden point. Yeah, oh, I'll yeah. die on that hill.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen and he's that, not getting
1: drafted in the third round either
0: oh no not happening at all not like brayden pointed what a steal and um you know that was a great podcast and thanks everyone for tuning in to episode 14 um you're gonna join us uh in two weeks we're gonna take that one week off just because you know next weekend is that christmas break and we're going to spend some time with our families. And of course, with these games getting canceled, they don't play a game for at least another week. So there's not going to be a whole lot of hockey to break down, uh, in that sense for the Kraken. So taking that extra week off, but we will be back in two weeks from now, uh, breaking down the next handful of Kraken games, whatever games those are going to be. We will keep you up to date with them for sure. And of course, all other things, Kraken, NHL news, world junior updates all of that will be coming your way so thank you listeners everyone have a merry christmas you know enjoy the next two weeks of your life enjoy hanging out with some family being around your friends stay safe out there and we'll be back we will be back to talk about hawk chat very soon so peace out kraken nation